0: All right, before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about another ESPN podcast, The C.J. McCollum Show, every week, hosted by New Orleans Pelican star C.J. McCollum. C.J. discusses names and storylines in and around the NBA with inside perspective you can only get from someone in the locker room and on the floor. That's The C.J. McCollum Show. Listen wherever you're listening to this podcast. Welcome back to another Adam Schefter podcast. On this week's podcast, as we wrap up week nine and head into week 10, we will be joined by one of the bright lights of the National Football League, a man that I believe is a head coach in waiting. Don't know whether he'll get his turn this year or next year, but trust me, folks, it's coming. The Eagles quarterback's coach, Brian Johnson, is going to be a head coach in the National Football League. We'll see when it happens, but Brian Johnson will stop by today as the Eagles prepare for Monday night's game against the Washington Commanders to talk about his development of Jalen Hurts, his coaching path, the people he's learned from, and we'll get to spend some time with the great Eagles quarterbacks coach, Brian Johnson. That will be prior to this week's matchups, and we will get the first ever NFL game in Germany. Let's be honest here. Who would have thought that the Seahawks-Buccaneers game would be in the way that it is where Seattle is in first place and Tampa is struggling? Game will be in Munich Sunday morning, first regular season game in Germany, the fourth different city outside the United States to host a regular season game. And of course, there'll be more history for Tom Brady because he's always making history. He'll become the first quarterback in NFL history to start a game in four different countries. The United States, England, Mexico, Germany. Man, if I had covered this game this Sunday, I would be one of the first reporters to cover a football game in four different countries. But that's not to be. We'll be in New York for the pregame show on Sunday morning while Tom Brady is quarterbacking against Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks, who are really one of this season's, maybe this season's biggest surprise The Seahawks front office has completely revamped that roster. Pete Carroll has done his thing. General Manager John Schneider has done his thing. And the Seahawks are rolling along with Geno Smith starring as quarterback. Like, can we just give the Comeback Player of the Year award to Geno Smith right now? And would he even be in the MVP conversation, dare I say? Seems a little bit outrageous right now, but not out of the question. So Geno Smith making his push. And that should be a nice matchup on Sunday morning where the Seahawks are in first, the Buccaneers are struggling, and that's the game that we will treat the folks in Germany to this upcoming week. And then in the afternoon, we will get Mike McCarthy's first game against the Packers as a head coach after he served as Green Bay's head coach for 13 seasons and has the second most wins in franchise history. This will be an interesting matchup, right? Aaron Rodgers is 7-2 and two against the Cowboys but he's never played the way he's playing now. Missing easy throws. They look totally out of sync. Their team is banged up. The Packers seem to be going the other direction. Again, these seasons rarely go the way that people forecast and anticipate. Everybody thought the Buccaneers and the Packers would be rolling a potential NFC Championship game matchup, and here's Tom Brady on an offense that's too predictable and throwing the ball too much, and the Packers... Can't make plays, can't score points, scored nine points against Detroit, which had allowed at least 24 points in every game this season. And now they try to get on track against a Dallas team that's rolling. Talking about adding Odell Beckham Jr. Should be a great matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and Green Bay Packers. Love this Sunday night matchup this week. The Chargers and the 49ers. The 49ers should be getting, as we tape this midday Tuesday, a bunch of starters back. For this game, I think Debo Samuel will be back. I think Nick Bosa will be back. I think Elijah Mitchell will be back. I was told that the 49ers could have up to 11 injured players returning for this game that they'll have to have in San Francisco hosting the Chargers. The teams don't play often. The Chargers have won five straight games against the 49ers. The 49ers' last win over the Chargers was in 2000, when the starting quarterbacks were Jeff Garcia and Ryan Leaf, but the Chargers this year, like the Packers, beaten up, battered, and we'll see whether they can turn it around on Sunday night against the tough and, I think, ascending San Francisco 49ers that I also think are a dangerous team if they can reach the postseason. Before we get to Monday night, Commanders-Eagles, Eagles Eagles unbeaten, 8-0 for the first time in franchise history, the last two teams to start a season 9-0, which the Eagles will be trying for On Monday night were the 2020 Steelers and the 2015 Carolina Panthers. Jalen Hurts, by the way, has won 11 straight regular season starts. And the last QB to win 12 straight was Lamar Jackson, who won 13 straight in 2019. So the Eagles are rolling. They're on a little bit of a historical pace here. And the man that's helped develop Jalen Hurts is none other than their quarterbacks coach, Brian Johnson. Brian. How's it going? The hat's all straight. We're all good there. Y'all good to roll? Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, no problem. Nice to meet you as well. I've heard a lot about you, and I said, I want to reach out to Brian Johnson, and I want to hear from him about what this season's been like, what it's like to be undefeated, what it's like to be working with an MVP candidate, what it's like to follow the path that you have to take you to Philadelphia. So where do you want to start, Brian? You tell me.
1: Um, I mean, I guess we could start with Jalen, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's a, a, a big reason uh, for success that we're having so far, you know. What's been the biggest difference in his game? Because he's dialed it up a whole lot. The biggest difference has just been uh, him having accelerated vision and having those reps last year and seeing how teams have played him, understanding defensive structures, and uh, having his eyes and feet in concert with uh, with what he's thinking and what he's seeing with the defense. So. You know, obviously after last season we made a big list of of things we wanted to continue to improve upon um and he had a he had a great offseason I mean his Otas were excellent Training camp was excellent um you know there's never a doubt in my mind in terms of him putting in the work to make himself the best player that he could possibly be and uh that's just the the type of person that he is so he's uh you know he's obviously improved throughout the course of his short career and throughout the course of this season. Uh, but I think the biggest, biggest thing is, is him having accelerated vision to his target and, uh, and being very, very decisive. Before. Brian, you took over as the Eagles quarterbacks coach in late
0: January of 21. When did you know that it was clicking for Jalen
1: in the way that it has? You know, I think after that, that first giants game, uh, we got late into the season and, and, you know you could see him start to accrue those reps um with certain defensive structures and knowing exactly where we wanted to go to uh what plays we wanted to get to where the ball should go versus certain defensive looks and uh you know you just can't say enough about how he's continued to work at his craft each and every day and uh and be really invested in the moment and uh in and, and really really just dialed into everything he needs to do to make sure he's playing his best. Okay. So what's it like now, eight weeks into the season heading into
0: week nine, a Monday night game or week 10, I should say a Monday night game against the Washington commanders. What's it like to go through a season, be into early November and not have lost a game?
1: Well, you know, I think Jalen, Jalen said this best last week, you know, there's been, he's been eight and O before, you know, in, in college and, and, You know, obviously it's a different level when you get to this league, but, you know, I've been on teams that have been 8-0 before as well. So um, it's really just all about the process and all about coming to work every single day and trying to get better and trying to find a way to maximize your ability and your potential and get the most out of of yourself each and every day. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt.
0: One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't.
1: The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home.
0: The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. In 1998, I covered the Denver Broncos. They were unbeaten. I think they were 13-0 and 0 before they lost their first game in New Jersey at the Meadowlands against the New York Giants. Ken Graham started at that point in time at quarterback. But What I remember about that was every week, the pressure seemed to build. And every week, it seemed like people were gunning at you more and more. The more you won, the more they took aim at you. Do you feel any of that when
1: you go on here? Yeah, not, not particularly. Um, huh. You know, this thing is is ultimately like this game is about what you do and controlling what you can control, um, you know, and trusting your preparation, trusting your process. Um, and, you know, if, if you do everything that you're supposed to do throughout the week, then obviously you can live with with the result, uh, knowing that you put everything you had into it in terms of your preparation, uh, how hard you played, um, and the decisions that you made out there on the field or in the meeting room. So – You know, it it really, you know, it's very cliche to say, but it really is just about handling your business and and trying to control what you can control.
0: You mentioned the Utah teams. So you were a true freshman in 2004 at Utah, back up to a guy that I know a little bit about, Alex Smith. What was it like backing up Alex Smith at Utah, the guy that eventually would go on to become the number one overall pick in the NFL draft?
1: Yeah, it was great. Um, You know, I remember coming in early that summer my freshman year and, and I I lived with Alex that entire summer and oh really and the guy that recruited me was like just follow Alex and do everything that he does and you'll be okay and uh you know that was Dan Mullen so Dan Mullen was the quarterback coach and I remember I came in early about three months before training camp and uh we were the only two scholarship quarterbacks at the time so you know I knew that I would have a chance to uh to be in the two deep for sure so I remember getting there. and He was like, well, just follow Alex and just live in his basement and do everything that he does. And then you'll be good to go. And, and that cultivated a great friendship that lasts to this day. I mean, we were both in each other's weddings. Um, oh, you know, wow. We were really, really close friends. And that's someone who I consider. Um, almost like a brother. And I've learned so much from, from him and, uh, you know, I followed his journey throughout his career. So, uh, you know, it's good to see him out there with you guys on Monday nights and, and talking about the games and, and still being around it. And
0: what is the biggest lesson that you've learned in your time with Alex?
1: You know, there, there's probably two lessons. Uh, one, I think that the biggest thing that I learned from him early on uh, was preparation. You know, I, I really, really saw his process throughout the week to get ready for a game. And I tried to mold that, and try to take some of, some of those notes as well and carry that over to my career. And then, you know, obviously personally, um, he's obviously, he's one of the most mentally tough people I know. And, you know, I think the, the lessons that this game teaches you of how to deal with adversity, how to deal with success, uh, teamwork, the being accountable and dependable, you know, I think that all carries over to life. And, uh, you know those are definitely less, lessons that I watched Alex go through himself and learn and and stuff that happens um, throughout your life. You can you know it just it's really a carryover from the game of football and you learn so much and it teaches you so many life lessons. Um, that's why I'm excited that I get an opportunity to uh, to work around this game each and every day. You know I really don't take it for granted at all.
0: You mentioned the name Dan Mullen and Dan Mullen. Hiring you as the quarterbacks coach at Mississippi State, correct? In two thousand fourteen, correct.
1: So, did he bring you into coaching? Basically, is he responsible for this, Brian? You know, actually, Kyle Whittingham is. I mean, once they once they left, Kyle, I was I coached at Utah for four seasons before I went to Mississippi State
0: as the offensive coordinator. As,
1: yeah, so I, you know, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, uh, you know, once I finished school and you know, luckily Coach Whittingham gave me an opportunity and I jumped right into coaching and I've never looked back. Um, it's been a huge blessing. And I've been fortunate enough to be around some some great coaches uh, who are also great men who, who taught me uh, so much about this game and so much about life. Uh, you know, hopefully and I can just pass those lessons down to, uh, to the younger guys that are coming up. What are some of those lessons that you've learned from some of these
0: great coaches that you've been around? I would imagine that Kyle Whittingham is in there. I would imagine Dan Mullen's in there. Who else stands out? What have you learned from them, if you don't mind me? Asking? Yeah,
1: you know, I think they're all so different and, and so unique. Uh, the, the biggest thing that I've learned is that you can be successful uh, in a bunch of different ways. And and having adaptability and being uh, being able to adapt to, to situations that are beyond your control are, that's really, that's a really, really important quality to have. Um, but I think that the biggest thing in coaching really is you have to be adaptable. Uh, you have to be willing to learn, continue to learn and grow, uh, no matter how long you've been in it. And obviously you have to be yourself. You know, I, I've been fortunate to be around some great coaches and they all do it a little bit differently, but it's all genuine to them. Uh, and their personality stays consistent and genuine they don't try to be anybody else. They're, they're very, very authentic to, to who they are. Um, And I think that's, that's something that is really, really important to show your players.
0: What stands out about your two seasons with Nick Sirianni? What have you learned from him?
1: Nick is super authentic. You know, I, before I got here, I really didn't, I didn't know Nick um, at all. And. That was an arranged marriage. Yeah. He's he's been unbelievable to work for the the energy that he possesses on a daily basis, his attention to detail. um, You know, I think those are, those are two things that that really, really separates him. Uh, You know, obviously he loves football. He's a fantastic football coach. Um, But, but his organization and his detail, I think are, uh, are top notch and second to none.
0: So, Brian, again, I mentioned the unbeaten team. Everybody's going to get to watch you on Monday night, hopefully. I think Alex is going to be there, I think. He is. Okay, good. So you knew and I didn't. That's good that I'll be working with him on Monday night. So there we'll you get go. to see you, hopefully, come by the set there,
1: right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll get a chance to say hello to him before the game.
0: Okay, so I'm wondering, we will get to see you. We will see you. But what's the thing about this unbeaten, so far, Eagles team that people don't
1: realize? You know, I think the biggest thing is is how close this team is. Um, you know, and people get a huge misconception, I think, sometimes of professional sports not having the same type camaraderie and togetherness uh, as maybe a college football team. But this team is really, really close. Um, the guys like each other; they play for each other, and everybody is uh, is really focused on doing their job for the good of the team. And I think that's something uh, that starts with our leadership from the top down. You know, from from Mister Lurie and Howie and Nick himself. Like this whole thing is about how can we be the best versions of ourselves collectively. Mm. And what you need to do in order to make that happen is to be really, really selfless. And, you know, we, we really live the core values that Nick sets the stage for us with our connectivity. He talks about connecting all the time. And at the end of the day, this is this game is about the people, you know, the people in, in the locker room, the people in the building. And if everybody's pulling in the same direction, you know, it makes football really, really fun.
0: Would the team be as close? Would it be as connected? Would all these positive things be happening if the record were 0-8 rather than 8-0? and, 8 and 0?
1: Well, I think it definitely would make it a little bit more difficult. Um, not naive to that at all. But I do think, uh, you know, a reason that success does happen is because of the connection. Mm-hmm. And when you when you do have a deep connection with someone, you play a little bit harder, you play a little bit better. Uh, there's a little bit more accountability um you're able to depend on others a little bit more so it's it's all it's all wired to uh to continue to do that and each week is a new opportunity to kind of put that on display and what's the closest you've ever come to either
0: going to coaching in being involved in a super bowl brian
1: well this will be uh i've never i mean obviously it's my second year in the league so um, we went to the playoffs last year, but never been, never, I've never, never been only, only watched on TV. You know, I actually in the, what was that? The, the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl they practiced at our facility. Oh, really? When we, were, when we were at Houston. And did you have, who practiced there? It was, uh, New England, but it was like, they put these huge, like 20 foot piping right. Dra- like it was completely cut off. I think the head coach was the only one that got access to go to practice. So you had no interaction. They were were in our building. We had no interaction, but they were there. It was a wild week for sure.
0: So if you could somehow make it to Arizona, you would be barricaded off from the rest of the world, the way that the Patriots (laughs) were back when you were. You were at Houston at that point. Yeah, I was at
1: Houston. I was at uh, Houston at that point in time. I think it was the 17 Super Bowl, maybe 18 Super Bowl. Coaching at
0: the. Oh, you you were the offensive coordinator at the University of Houston.
1: And they they used our facility for practice.
0: So, can you even imagine what it would be like to
1: coach in a Super Bowl? You know that's putting the cart before the horse a little bit. So, I you know, obviously, I think everyone plays this game for their ultimate goal, right? Um, and it's quite the journey. I mean, not very many people have done it. So, um, you know, I, I do think the ability. To have a team and to get yourself to give yourself an opportunity to get in the playoffs and and uh, and make a run is what makes this thing special.
0: So, how old are you now? Thirty-seven, Brian? I'm thirty-five. Oh my god! Wow, man, you got a lot of great stuff ahead of you. Thirty-five. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And you know what? The next great thing is you get to come over and hang with Alex on Monday night. And I get to shake your hand. No doubt, we'll get a chance to meet in person. Looking forward I- to it. I really appreciate taking the time today. Good luck on Monday night. Thank you again, Brian. Thank
1: you. I appreciate it.
0: And there he is, the Eagles quarterbacks coach, Brian Johnson, a man who is directly responsible for the growth and development of MVP candidate Jalen Hurts, the quarterback of the unbeaten Eagles, who will be playing the Washington Commanders on Monday night football. This week, we look forward to meeting Brian in person and getting a chance to watch the Eagles and see whether they can extend their unbeaten streak. And speaking. Of coaches. How about Coach Bruschi and Coach Hasselback? Referring to my ESPN colleagues and friends, Teddy Bruschi and Matthew Hasselback, who are coaching at high schools in their area. Teddy is the defensive coordinator at Bishop Fian High School. Matthew Hasselback is the quarterback's coach at Zaverian Brothers High School. And they're both in round two of the playoffs this weekend in Massachusetts. We wish the best of luck to Coach Brewski and Coach Hasselbeck will be pulling for their teams. And we mentioned earlier on this podcast about our travel issues and travel adversity, which is why, going forward, I switched as much travel as I could to Monday mornings. Now, the problem with this always was going to be switching to Monday mornings would allow me to watch the games on Sunday, see the game Sunday night, see everything that happens, fly out Monday morning. But if there was ever a developing news story and you had to fly on a Monday morning, that was always going to be an issue. So lo and behold, on the very first Monday morning flight of the year, I get to John F. Kennedy Airport Monday morning about 6.45 a.m. and I start getting texts that something's going on in Indianapolis. Oh boy, here we go. The flight leaves at 8.15 and I spent Two and a half hours, the flight to New Orleans, literally trying to track down exactly what the hell the Indianapolis Colts were doing, which ultimately led to the dismissal of Frank Reich as soon as we landed in the airport in New Orleans and the ultimate hiring of the ESPN colleague Jeff Saturday while I was trying to get pancakes at IHOP on Canal Street in New Orleans an hour later. What a crazy turn of events. And who has had a crazier two weeks Then Jim Irsay, holy moly, calling for the ouster of Dan Snyder, benching his quarterback, Matt Ryan, firing his offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady, firing his head coach, Frank Reich, hiring his former center, a man who is in the Colts' ring of honor, Jeff Saturdays, taking him right off the set of get up and first take and all the other NFL shows like NFL Live so he could go coach against Josh McDaniels. Of the Raiders this weekend, the same Josh McDaniels that walked out on the Colts after agreeing to take the job. You can't make this stuff up. That was the start of Monday. And then as we began our Zoom meeting to go over the Command Mans for the night, our great producer Matt Garrett came up with the Kirk Cousins video with Kirk Cousins putting on all the jewelry on the flight home from Washington to Minneapolis. Now, the idea for this that I brought up during that Zoom call that I suggested for RG3 initially came from, I don't know when it was, I'd have to look it up, but after a Bills game, Stevie Johnson, the wide receiver, dropped a pass, and he came out after the game in a white tank top, and it was a look in a press conference that you don't normally see. You see players in suits or ties or nice outfits these days. And he was the command man the next night with Chris Carter. And as soon as the command man got done, Chris Carter was wearing a white tank top on the segment. And I always remember that segment. So I was thinking, well, if we're gonna do Kirk Cousins topless dancing with all sorts of bling on, let's take a page from Chris Carter's playbook and let's have RG3 do that. Only RG3 didn't want to do it. And we were told that there might be some people that he's close to that would not take favorably to that. So I asked our great producer, our fearless leader, Matt Garrett, do you think I should try doing that? And he said, absolutely. And I'm like, really? I don't know. I don't know. I went back and forth on it. So I called my wife and my wife endorsed it and got it done. So between my wife and one of our production assistants, Denzel, he was saying, oh, you got to do it, Adam. They gave me the final push. So right after I concluded my come on, man, on the field of the Superdome yesterday, the one that Jeff Saturday tweeted out the Raiders are horrible while watching them two weeks ago, while they were playing in New Orleans, I stepped aside and had coworkers like Jess Krause bathing me in chains that they had gathered together in New Orleans. I don't know where they came from, but they had him. There was a guy there that gave us his real diamond necklaces, real bling that we were putting on there. And so I'm undressing, taking my shirt off on the field of the Superdome as the other guys are doing the Command Mans. And I noticed that the people they had on the field at the time who were getting ready to sing the national anthem or do some type of pregame production, they're all looking at me like, who is this moron with his shirt off inside the Superdome? And I said, oh boy, here we go. And then lo and behold, Robert Griffin III delivered the Command Man on Kirk Cousins basically said, what is he doing? Introduced me. And there I was, topless in the Superdome. Jess Krause was holding my phones. And literally when she gave them back to me right after the segment, there were 28 text messages. And the text just kept coming from people all across the NFL about what a fool I made of myself. But it was in good fun. And one of the texts, I thought, said it pretty well. One of the texts I got said, As a mentor once told me, take your job serious, but not yourself. And so hopefully that provided a little bit of levity for some people on a crazy day in which the Colts made some wild moves and fired their head coach and hired Jeff Saturday. And the day culminated on the field of the Superdome with me doing something I never would have imagined Early in the day, taking off my shirt, donning all kinds of bling and doing a little Kirk Cousins dance there on the field of the Superdome why not have a little fun? Why not end your Monday and week nine in that way? All right. Want to thank the Eagles quarterback's coach, Brian Johnson, who will be watching this Monday in Philadelphia, the Washington-Philadelphia game. Want to thank my great producers, Christina Buswell and Sarah Abbott for putting together this podcast. And I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning into another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again Next week in this space, as we hope to share more information, insights, and interviews. Until then, have a great week, be well, and stay safe.